Britain is about to witness the birth of robot wars. They're still making final adjustments. Three, two, one. Welcome everyone to Activate the Robot Wars podcast. I am Benji, also the hitman. Along with me is the master of robotic disaster, Rob E. Harmlessly. That's me, I think, I guess. Why not? <laughs> I thought I'd give you a new title. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a title. Thank you. <laughs> you, you. You stayed up all night thinking of ways you could use that title, didn't you? I've had about two hours sleep. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Today we are going to be watching, along with all of you probably, Robot Wars, the new series episode four yep the fourth heat looked really cool this time around this lineup is crazy the diversity of the bots is awesome uh, the diversity of the bots every time is awesome but this time in particular is um pretty cool and i'm really struggling to make a prediction i really don't know who's going to be finishing this off so i guess once we've had a little discussion about them maybe um maybe i'll know a little more but let's uh let's start with our new segment we're going to dip into the mailbag discuss a few things relating to tweets and messages we've been sent. Do we need like a jingle for that? Like a little little mailbag kind of jingle? Yeah. Tweets, something, tweeting noises. Something Postman Patty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, Glitterbomb noted that they are not the Wrexham Wreckers. They are just Team Glitterbomb. Yeah, I Through saw Through a that, series yeah. of tweets, not just directed at us, but I thought that's worth mentioning first. Yeah, we really should clear it up, seeing as how that's probably our favourite team at the moment. Yep, so they are just Team Glitterbomb. Yeah. To be fair, when you've got a name for a robot as good as that, why not just be the team? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Lewis McKenzie gave us an alternative intro for Overdozer. Have I got wood for you? Yeah, what was your one before? I dread to think, to be honest, because it wasn't as funny as that. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, we're going to be replaced quite soon by the sounds of it. Um, from the same guy, mm-hmm. he asked us, what do we think of the aesthetics of the new Sir Killer? Yeah, pretty menacing. Pretty menacing. I'd like him to look a little more like a knight, but I still think he looks pretty cool. He looks like something you see in one of the Fallout games, I think. Yeah, that's kind of the thing they've gone for the whole... It's post-apocalyptic. Look, it's still there, for, isn't really. it? It's yeah, still there yeah. in the background. Definitely. But no, I think he looks really cool. He looks huge, which is all he needed to look like. And he looks unbeatable. But yeah, I think it, it works more in a modern setting now than the old design. The old Definitely. design was, uh, was it? It was very blue. I remember it being blue. Hmm. The old circle a lot. I don't know. That, that wouldn't have been like just a hue from very old TV cameras. No, I think he was, he was kind of blue. a blue, almost, mm. almost cobalt blue. Maybe not quite. Well, that like deep, like but... stained metal blue. Yeah, kind, kind of that of blue. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know we're going into. <laughs> we're really overanalyzing the color here. The color of yeah. the old Sir Killalot, who's oh, no longer relevant really because we've got a new Sir Killalot, and I think he looks awesome anyway. They generally. all look mean as hell, really, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the whole house robot yeah. team looks mean, but they're all recognizable as to who they're supposed to be as well. The other big topic is how slippery the floor is. We bring this up pretty much in every episode. Uh, we've reached out and we've had a reply from Apollo, who have said, we loved the floor, got fantastic grip, and the robot drove really well on it. Well, that proves that you can't use it as too much of an excuse because it is beatable, so to speak. You can exactly. get past the floor being slippery. Yeah, you can't use it as an excuse, I guess. Also, glitter bomb again. It depended on the wheels the robot used. We had loads of grip with our banana yellow wheels. Brilliant. 
So there's the trick there. Banana yellow wheels. Banana yellow wheels. Oh, that's, yeah. that's obviously it. <laughs> it comes up all the time. And I think, yeah, it's a bit of an excuse now. I guess uh, maybe a lot of the competitors weren't expecting it to be so slippery. So that's kind of what gets them. I should think so, yeah. At Ukulele Chris um, predicts that Storm 2 versus Apollo will be the um, final bout for this episode. And he also predicts that Sweeney Todd is far too small and will probably die horribly, but does want to see the wheels in action. And we'll get into the wheels later when we discuss each of the robots. Well, he's got a good point. And shall we just jump straight into the bots now? From Birmingham, Apollo. Houston, we have a flipper. From Nine, Cheshire, Eruption. From Hell's Heart, I flip at thee. From Northampton, Can Opener. Open a can of crush ass. From Aberdeen, PP3D. Spinning discs, now in 3D. From Guildford, Simpatooth. All the weapons. From Suffolk, Storm 2. The prodigal bot returns. From Oxford, Sweeney Tom. A cut above the rest. From Lewis, Sussex, Teletopo. Slow and steady, vanquishes the enemy. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Okay. Start from the top. Start from the top with Apollo. Often you'll find there'll be father and son teams, there'll be teams of people who work in the same engineering company, for example. These three men, where did you three meet? Uh, we actually started on a holiday park, uh, Pontins, as blue coats. Jazz hands, please. <laughs> Excellent. Proper show business. You did that very Proper, well, Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a hoofer, really. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you built this, and what can this do? Uh, this is a flipper, but because it's called Apollo, we're calling it a launcher. How far can it launch something? Uh, well, it can launch um, a 50 kilo robot at least six, seven feet. But it's not always about the size. No, um, no. You know, it, it's, it's fast as well. Yep, let's go with Apollo. Team MAD or M-A-D. It's, it's all in capitals. I don't know whether you're supposed to pronounce it MAD or M-A-D. But that's mm. the team name. Okay, it's from North Wales. Pontins Bluecoats Entertainers, or, or at least formerly were. Mm. Which is... I don't know. They've been, they've been. So I, I can't really comment on that. I don't even know what I said. You can't it. relate it to the. Uh, I can't to the bot, relate can it to you? anything really. The bot is interesting to say. <laughs> the bot has a really sleek look. It does. It looks really sleek. It has a futuristic chessboard design. Mm. It's all sort of checkered, black and white. The design is. It's a successor to a bunch of robots in the past called a uh, Chronic the K. They all have the same sort of shape, but this is the uh, the new version, which looks a lot more sleek and um, professional, I think, than the older Chronic bots. But getting into the details of it, the nitty gritties, it's a flipper, and they describe it as a launcher because it can launch 100 kilograms six feet into the air. So it effectively could kick someone out of the fighting arena. It could make a damn good shot of it, and mm. even if they don't, a 110 kilogram robot falling from six feet into the, in yeah. the air. That's going to dislodge something, isn't it? It's going to do a lot of damage. Yeah. Uh, the flipper's so powerful, it somersaults at full power, and therefore they have to use a half power option in order to self right, else they just flip all over the place and wouldn't end up wow. back on their wheels. That is awesome. It's really cool. That is so cool. Okay, let's move on to Eruption. You're one of our father and son teams, aren't you, that we have so much of? Yeah. yeah. And you've been doing this for how long? Uh, we've been doing this since 2004, when I was just six years old. So uh, what can Eruption do? Well, it's got a very powerful flipper. Right. But we've also added this grabber. The robot comes up, the, the grabber will fire, hold the other robot. We've got hold of it then, so we can put it where we want to throw it out. 
Eruption, the Flipper Gripper. I just like saying that. Oh, it is a flipper with a gripper. It's a flipper with a gripper. Okay. Team from Cheshire. Yep. The team name. Guess it. Oh, if you're going to just say Team Eruption, it's not, is it? What is it? Team Eruption. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Team I they do that. <laughs> I was really disappointed because I was hoping they would be Team Volcano. With their bot eruption. With their bot eruption. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, that would do, but yeah. it didn't. So. Yeah. Most powerful flipper in the competition? They claim to be the most powerful flipper in the country. Wow. Now, Apollo claims their launcher, mm-hmm. as they call it, can uh, launch something six feet into the air. Eruption claim they can launch something ten feet into the air. Jesus. That is heavy duty. And uh, a pretty clever little thing they can do is they can alter the amount of CO2 used per flip. So effectively, they, they can... shouldn't run out of CO2. Is this adjusting the strength of the flipper? Essentially, yeah. The yeah. amount of CO2, pressurized CO2 used for each flip mm. determines the power wow. of it. So, yeah, pretty clever. So they will only use a max power flip when they need to. Otherwise, they can use it as as they see fit. But Apollo, from before, yeah. they may end up going out purely due to running out of their gas supply, which would mean if they are flipped over, they can't yeah. get back up and they can't attack as well. Whereas Eruption, theoretically, shouldn't run out of gas, at least in, in the time span of a battle. So as long as they use it... Only when necessary, within moderation, and as long as nothing gets punctured or pierced, they should be fine. Yeah, obviously there are a lot of ifs, but generally speaking, because they can control the amount per flip, they've got a much better advantage uh, there. It's had a lot of success in amateur competition, um, and the claw, the gripper, actually has its own 150 PSI pneumatic system for it. So it's it's still a pretty serious piece of equipment. It's it's probably not going to see much use, but it does mean they can grip and push a robot around before they decide to flip it. So maybe they could grip a robot, push it to the side of the arena, and then flip it out of the arena, which again helps them save CO2 because they are not having to flip immediately once something drives up their wedge. They can choose to grip it instead. Excellent. And if they do run out of gas then they've still got their gripper to push things about with. So there's, there's a few options for eruption. So it's kind of like a Swiss army bot there with a it's got a few options. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's got it's, options. Uh, it's got options. Well, we're talking about gripper. Let's move on to crusher can opener. A lot of these teams will be family teams. No more than can opener, which is one of the father and son teams we have here. You're going to crush them with robots, aren't you? We're going to cause some damage today. Yeah. How hard can it grip? About 12 tonnes on the cylinder, about six on the jaws. Once they're locked, nothing can spark them. <laughs> I just want to see somebody's poor robot being picked off the teeth of your robot. Can opener. So okay. we've been from most powerful flipper to most powerful crusher. That's especially impressive being that this is a um, horizontal crusher as opposed to a vertical one. It's still the most powerful with 12 tons of force at the tip of the pincers. Crikey. It has um quite a legacy. I'd say it's had various designs over the year, mm. but all of them have had the same basic idea. They've all been yellow with uh, pincers. Okay. So that, that's, that's the idea behind can opener always has been. So they're bringing some experience to the table as well. Yeah. As well as awesome design and ridiculously powerful crushers. 16 miles per hour. That's pretty nippy, actually. That's fairly fast, uh, especially yeah. in this heat as well. Yeah. We've not got any super speed robots in this yeah. heat. And that's all it's going to need to get a real good 
crush on something. But these guys have been very, very successful. Actually, they've done mm. they've done pretty well with this robot. Spe- uh, probably one of the most successful like horizontal crusher pincer based robots around. Mm. And this is a new another new design of the same concept of robot for can opener. So we'll see how they do. They could um they could take it if they're good enough with their control yeah. and they crush things quick enough. Let's not forget the important part as well. It runs upside down. It's invertible. So those yeah. flippers aren't going to be as effective. But if they're flipping things as high into the air as they say, the damage could come <laughs> from the fall anyway. So good point. We'll see how they do. But I have high hopes for them. I think they could do all right. Okay, let's move on to PP3D. There are a lot of very menacing looking machines around. This is quite modest. It's quite modest, yeah. It's quite unassuming. You know, folk might look at it and think, oh, it doesn't look too dangerous. That's, that's a good thing because maybe underestimate it. What's the weapon? Uh, so we have a 31 kilogram spinning disc on the underside of the robot, spinning at 1800 RPM, and it's only two centimeters off the arena floor. Nice and low. Undercutter. We're hoping to take out wheels, take out anything low to the ground. Okay, so we're going straight in. Spin up, go straight in. Do you know what that stands for? Well, think about think about how it was made. Well, with 3D printing, right? So, what does PP3D? Printing, printing, 3D. <laughs> Not quite, <laughs> but it does actually stand for parts printed in 3D. Oh, that's, that's cool. What it, that's what it actually stands oh, nice. for. Nice. And that is a pretty big part of this robot. Is it's got a lot of it printed in 3D. I read the entire thing was printed in 3D. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> what, the wires were printed in 3D. Hey, I don't know what technology's called. I mean, the captain, uh, the Gary. working motors printed in 3D. <laughs> Ooh, they just put PP3D into a computer and pressed print. And it, it turns out, out it's a pre-made kit, man. Um, Gary, the captain, is actually director of a 3D printing company, coincidentally enough. Hey, if what better promotion than showing a successful... 3D printed robot. But this is the future, isn't it? You're not going to have to rummage through junkyards finding spare parts anymore. You can literally, eventually, homes will have them and you will be 3D printing whatever you want. It's the future right there. This bot represents future. Yeah. um, I don't know what percentage of the robot is 3D printed, but I do know it's the most 3D printed robot in the competition. Only a couple of others use some 3D printed parts. This one is the only robot that's actually heavily reliant upon 3D printed parts. So I'm intrigued to see how well it performs based on that. I want to see a successful so this is 3D the, printed So this is the robot. test run of 3D printed parts to just see how functional they are. A spinning disc. A Again, we're looking at one of the most powerful <laughs> weapons. This this lineup is insane. So 20 kilojoules and 20 spinning disc. 20 kilojoules per hit of the spinning disc. It's 31 kilograms, so it's one of the heaviest spinning discs in the competition. It's made of hardox, so it shouldn't get too bent up or beaten up. But they have to really hope it doesn't because they're not bringing a spare. Yeah, they're not bringing a spare, which is mm. risky. But not only that, the spinner itself is only one centimeter off the ground. So if it does bend, it might immobilize them because they might not be able to move because they're... Yeah their spinner will be anchoring them to the ground because they'll be stuck. I think, like, like That's a really big risky move. And it also has exposed wheels as well. So against yeah. another spinner, yeah. it's really reliant on the power of the spinner. It is just a spinner with wheels attached to it, essentially. We all saw what Carbide could do to an exposed wheel. 
We, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I hope we at least see them get enough destruction in before they lose a wheel. The spinning disc could push 100 kilogram something, that's 100 kilograms of weight, 30 meters from mm. the impact. That's a huge amount of space to be clearing from impact. Oh, I'm really intrigued to see it. Do you know what the team name is? Go on. PP3D Robotics. Good. So, yeah, Good. that's all right. That is that is the kind of thing I like. Excellent. Moving on to Sabretooth. I'm here with the team who built Sabretooth. So how does it work? So it spins like this. Yeah. And how the, fast are we talking? Uh, 3,000 RPM. That's pretty fast, right? Yeah. And what about this guy? That grabs right. and pulls. When we were trying to fix it, it broke. <laughs> so... Weakness. Don't what, tell what, anyone. What can we can't self-write. And how is no. that going to affect your tactics? Because it's pretty fierce, I think. No, I know. So we, what we, we've got some, you know, some big flippers. So what we need to do is wind the drum up. Okay. Full power. Right. And just drive into it. Sabretooth. Awesome name. Awesome, awesome name. Lots of weapons. Yeah, they've just gone with every weapon and figured, you know what? We can't lose if we have every nope. weapon. They've got right? <laughs> an aluminium drum spinner, a yep. flipper... And a gripper. Is the gripper really a weapon? It feels like it's more of a tool. Uh, well, I, unless you're going to grip them and then gently lead them over the... I suppose it's you used know, defensively, isn't it? So I guess, yeah, it's a weapon. Into the house bots, it, you know. I don't know what sort of a flipper it is. There wasn't much information out there. I don't know whether it's a really powerful flipper, but there's no harming having a flipper. Well, it's difficult when you've got that many weapons. You're giving away a lot of weight to the weapons. weapons yeah. Which is probably why they went with HDPE as the armour which is a little bit iffy. As mentioned on the website, the stuff hard hats are made of. Yeah, you're quite right. And the, also the idea is you have to wear it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it can't really, it can't be that hardcore. The uh, choice is a bit weird, but like I say, they're making up for it in the amount of weapons and that's probably where the weight went. Yeah. Do you know much about drum spinners? Not really. A Odd drum choice? spinner? Uh, no, not really. They're, they're pretty good, but you do have to give up a lot of weight for a drum spinner. They tend to be relatively heavy-ish mm. for their power. They they spin pretty fast. This one's 4,500 RPM, so it's very, 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 very fast. Mm. They're pretty reliable. They don't tend to bend or break very easily like a regular spinner because these aren't thin. These are a, it's, a, it's a cylinder. They tend to be smaller. If you want one as big as a regular spinner, you're going to be giving up a lot of weight to the weapon. You have to be a little more precise with your aim. But one thing these are known to do is because they spin sort of, I guess you could say, vertically as opposed to a horizontal spin, like a disc spinner, if they're spinning in an upwards motion, when they hit something, they tend to flip them over due to the spinner shooting them upwards. So they can cause a lot of destruction and flip something over at the same time. So it can flip something without actually having to get underneath it first. Yep, just by pure power. Just by friction knocking Whilst it. Whilst also smashing it up. Yeah. But it does take a lot of very precise aim with a drum spinner. Okay. We'll see how they do. It was designed to be built as a kit, which I think is quite clever because that would make it... Well, I translate that as making it very easily repairable. Yeah. You know, if, if each part is designed to just sort of work on its own and then just be put together almost like Lego. So with the budget available, you could literally have a replacement part for everything. Exactly. Yeah. Make it, it, makes first, it l first round and then fix the whole thing up good as new so i'm hoping that means we don't see this robot i want to say get tired over the course of the events but get yeah. beaten up and slowly stop working over the course of the matches it's yeah, in yeah 
as long as it makes it through the first round. I'd like to see it get through the first round taking a beating and then come back next looking brand new. Yeah, and that's cool. what the potential of it being designed exactly. like this could be. Smart it design, has smart had design. Numerous other versions. Mm-hmm. Like all of them have been almost completely different in terms of shapes and weapons, but have shared the same aesthetics. So I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. We also got um Esme. Did you know Esme? That's like this. How you pronounce E S M E, isn't it the name? Esme. Yes. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna okay to say Esme. Um, that sounds good. She's known as the Robot Wars baby because in um in the old series, her dad was competing and mm. had to leave very quickly because she was being born. Oh my god! Really? And she's now on the team operating the weapons while her dad drives the machine. That is so cool. So you got a second generation roboteer. Oh my god, that which is, is awesome. awesome. We're actually seeing multiple generations of roboteers coming along with cool robots like Sabretooth. And I encourage anyone to look up um, all the old designs of Sabretooth because they're all they all look related. They keep that kind of yellow and black look to them, but they're completely different in terms of their shape and design and the weapons they use. It's quite fun. It's quite cool. I like them. Don't know how they're going to do. Uh, do you know the team name? It's not going to be Sabretooth, is it? Nope, it's Legion. Oh, that's pretty badass, actually. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Sounds intimidating enough. Yeah. Well, moving on. Okay, that takes us to Storm 2. Am I right in saying that this is the most expensive robot that we have here? It probably is. If I had to write a cheque to build a new one, this would probably cost the most, yeah. How much? Probably about £20,000. Really? Yeah. Okay, Grant. And what do you get for your £20,000 in a robot? Hopefully beyond round one. But what's its secret power? What, what can this Storm 2 do that the other robots can't do? Top secret. No, come on. You're about to go out there. Right? <laughs> for a start, I'm looking at this thing, which yeah. seems to be yeah. not connected to... No, it's because we have, we've got three different modular weapons, you see, and we can then pick our weapon depending on who we're fighting. Um, and what we know who we've got in our first round, and that's not our best one for that fight, so that's why we're going for this one over here. Storm 2. Storm 2. Of Team... Storm. Yep, Team Storm. Yep. I got one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. it. <laughs> okay, so interchangeable weapons. Yep, a lifter, a disc, and a flipper. Awesome. This is kind of like the high-tech bot, really, isn't it? It's had a lot of work put into it over mm. the years. I can't remember how much money's gone into it, but it's in the tens well, of thousands. To, to give you an idea of just how much, they've got real-time telemetry system yeah they're they're getting constant performance updates in and they can adjust accordingly yep does some of these bots literally are boxes with an axe and And this this thing's coming with some serious star trek stuff on it yeah this actually has um in the pits they have a pc set up um where they get post-match analysis is sent to the pc and they analysis? can actually i know uh, we've done this analysis analysis analyses yeah I, I, i've said this before looking at the pits and seeing laptops and tablets everywhere this it's is cool. all signs of it changing and becoming new and yeah but it yeah. looks like storm 2 have really taken advantage oh, of that they're, because they're they the kings got, of it yeah yeah so this is really really cool along with the 3d printed stuff this is another mm. really futuristic change this is a, a change this is also yeah. a way it's different to the old series you couldn't do this 15 20 years ago and now you can i mean other bots you read and it's things like um electric wheelchair motor and go-kart parts and stuff like that and they're using a bespoke rare earth magnetic pmdc motor oh this is a perfected robot lots of experience lots of legacy but they have 
very much upgraded it to be as perfect as mm-hmm. they can afford to make it. And that's crazy. Yeah, when you look, when you compare this to say King B remix from last episode, mm-hmm. where a third of it was the same <laughs> architecture as they had in 1998. Yeah, yeah. This isn't. This is as up to date as they can make it. And these guys, yeah. one, they're probably one of the most well known and successful robots around yeah. at the moment, I'd say. They're very, 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 very good. Now, in regards to their legacy and how things went in previous series for them, we won't go too much into it because we'll have a much longer discussion when it comes to us reviewing the actual episodes mm-hmm. where things like controversy happened, but they were originally pretty much a purely pushing-based robot. So they, Essentially they would, weaponless. They would literally ram the opponent. And at the time, producers and whatnot considered this to be boring. They didn't really want a robot like that to win, and especially because pushers at the time were very, very successful. I get to the point where there were a lot of them being entered into the competition. And yeah, eventually uh, the rule was introduced where you have to have an active weapon so I guess a, like a powered weapon. Was that made in reaction to them or? To the general success of push bots, yeah. yeah. Like weaponless or near weaponless, like only a few spikes. Yeah. Robots that just used their shape, weight and speed to push things around the arena. Mm. But we'll get more in depth into that when we get to the related episodes of the old season because there's a lot to talk about there and we could end up taking up this whole episode talking about the legacy and controversies surrounding storm 2 only one loss in the original robot wars they had via controversial judges decision so in official televised competition they are almost unbeaten and their only defeat is controversial judges decision whatever happens we'll be seeing a history made robot wars history made of this episode it's gonna be crazy i mean it's got interchangeable weapons, but ultimately, if you're using a PMDC motor, that kind of is a weapon in and of itself. Oh, yeah. The, you know, this the, thing's going to push anything out of the way. 1.4 Tesla magnetic field in a PMDC motor. It's going to send things flying. Well, that's, that's the, that's it's, the beauty gonna, of Storm 2. I mean, it's, it's almost harsh to say it needs a weapon. The thing is a weapon. It's going to be really interesting to see it perform either way. Yeah. I can't wait to see Storm 2 again. Okay. Moving on. We've got Sweeney Todd. There they are, Dominique, Sean and the crew. Right, talk me through, how do you know each other? Uh, we've all just started working together on the new graduate jobs in September and we heard about we heard about this, we decided to give it a go. Now, have you got experience in it? Well, we I didn't manage to get as much practice as I wanted to because the driving on this is a little bit different due to the fact it can go in any direction without Okay, so turning. it goes literally... Backwards, forwards, yes, side to side. side. Yep, side to side, like direct crab motion. Okay, great. Let's talk about the weapon. Sure. So we have two angle grinders strapped to either side. Right. If we're flipped over, it doesn't matter. Everything works the exact same. Brilliant. As well, we have the wheels, so we'll hopefully be able to crab ourselves out of trouble. I can't wait to see you guys <laughs> waltzing around the arena. <laughs> Good luck, Sweeney Todd. Okay, thanks. More like teeny Todd. It's, it kind of looks like a PC with the shell taken off. Do you know what I mean? It's like little metal box thing. Wow. <laughs> so you wrote down exactly I wrote down I wrote the down. exact same Weird. thing. I just pointed to my notes and I wrote down exact words. Looks like old PC without plastic shell. Awesome. It's <laughs> exactly what it looks like. So to clarify, that's exactly what it looks like. We've got two people here agreeing. Yep, yep that's exactly what yeah. it looks like. When we say when I say an old PC, all of them are towers now, but I'm talking about the ones that sat um, on their sides. 
And they you'd put the monitor on top of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It looks just like that without its shell. It looks like it's unfinished. Let's talk about two spinners. Does it have two spinners? I didn't it's got two spinners. Oh. I read two spinners anyway. Hell, you could prove me wrong. Could have one spinner. I don't know. I, I, I noted that it was a spinner and it does have a spinner at the front of the bot. That much I can definitely tell you. Um, it's, it's big issue is it's 45 kilograms. For, that like that's lot. less than half the weight of almost every other robot in this heat and most of the robots in the competition. Meaning once it gets hit by one of the most powerful flippers in the world or one of the most powerful spinners in the world. Well, you know what? We'll see. We will see. The, the one interesting part of this is the, I'm guessing I'm pronouncing this right, the mechanum wheels. So it's wheels with rollers attached that give the bot the ability to move in any direction, i.e. to strafe around. Is that right? Yep, you did your research as well. I watched some YouTube videos, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I oh, know what they were. Awesome. They yeah. are. That is a really cool concept. I'm kind of disappointed then it's not being used on a bigger robot, which yeah. may have a little more yeah. potential. But I really hope these guys at least get the chance to strafe around. Because it's going to look so alien when we're used to watching bots turn and drive like a car. Yeah, exactly. And this thing's going to be so strange. It's going to move almost as if it has a mind of its own. It's- yeah. Every other robot can only move forwards and backwards. To change direction, they have to turn. These guys don't. They can strafe. They can move side to side. They could potentially move diagonally. It re- a lot of it really depends on how well they've... Um, programmed their controller yeah because from what i know about the radio controllers that are used they can be a bit finicky to get right you've got to really know your well you don't have to necessarily know your stuff but you've got to do a lot of experimentation to get the controls going right oh yeah and that's just for making a machine that drives like a car that goes forwards backwards and turns this still needs to turn because Obviously, they need to make sure their spinner is facing the robot, but also having the ability to go side to side and strafe. The only thing that might let it down in that respect is it might be very um, difficult to control. They must. They need a lot of practice controlling this machine. Yeah, you could easily get uh, disoriented. Difficult some things are. Some of the robots yeah. are to control as they are, yeah. and this can go side to side and all this, all yeah. this stuff. And on top of all of this, it's completely flat top, and we saw what four did to flat top bots yes true this this is basically a target on top of it for anything that's going to hit it with an axe don't think no axes in this uh heat though. So, really this could have been luck of the draw really you say that it's they're 45 kilograms they're just gonna go flying everywhere that's their problem especially if they run into storm two which will just casually edge it towards the or any, anything else <laughs> anything else in this competition no. if it hits them they're gonna go flying but I, I like the look and the spinner blade does look quite dangerous it's a cool look it has this kind of um retro robot look but it, it looks, like I said it looks unfinished but it is finished it, it looks like it's made out of PC parts you get the impression there's like a you know, like a Raspberry Pi board in there or something. from the 90s where a PC comes alive and starts killing people. This is kind of what it looked like without the monitor. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. It's awesome. Yeah, the wheels are pretty cool. It kind of gives the um, the same impression, the same vision as um, moonwalking. Yeah, Because the exactly. way the wheels move, yeah. it looks like the wheels are moving one way, but it moves another thanks to the rollers. So we want to see it win just so it can do a celebration dance? That's but now you've said that. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. If there's ever a robot dance off, this is going to be king. Awesome. Okay, and that takes us to our final entry, Terra Turtle. 
Team Terror Turtle. Hello. How are you doing? I like all the green. It's very ecological looking. I do love a man in uniform, yes. Um, talk me through this beautiful little man. I think he must be the most lovely robot in the place. And let's, let's hope his looks don't get ruined during, during the event. Is but that likely he, to happen? Because, I mean, this feels like fiberglass, right? It is fiberglass, but fiberglass is quite strong. And the important point is at the front here, there is a big spinning disc. And that's the part that's going to touch the opponent before the opponent touches the fiberglass. What about this little dude over here? This is the hatchling. This is a cluster bot, right? Yes. And some people use them kind of for show, a bit of distraction, yeah. but this is this going to get in. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. You don't sound <laughs> that confident about that. No, we are. We're very confident. This is so different from the other bots entered mm. because... There's a lot of practical designs in the other bots. Everything's made specifically with a purpose. And then we get to Terror Turtle. It seems it's more made for the purpose of entertainment than it is to win. It looks like it was fished out of a nightmare or a Terry Pratchett novel or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There's looks so, so cool. much going on with it, though. So first of all, it is a cluster bot. Yes, we have. Is this our first cluster bot? No, because we've had another cluster bot in the series so far, haven't we? Yes, yeah, we had Nuts, which had the two mini bots with it. But this is the <laughs> oh, first, Nuts. This How is can the, I forget you? It's the first <laughs> one where the cluster bot itself, the the second robot, is a bit more significant in size. Not that much. It's only a little over 20 kilograms. Yeah, yeah. But it is there. Uh, it's called the Hatchling. Yeah, I It's saw just that, a wedge. Yeah. But it's a wedge with a bit more weight behind it, so we may see it come into play. I doubt it, but we may. I've never seen many cluster bots really much get far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a fun idea that's great on TV, but they never really get no. too far. It's a fun looking robot. I fear that armor is just going to go flying. It's yeah. just it's going to meet those spinners, and these powerful spinners are going to have an absolute ball with it. Because we've got fiberglass, aluminium, fiberglass, and gonna... a wooden frame. Wooden this, frame. Um, just, so... This is very thin armor, and we've got a lot of really dangerous bots out there it does have a 3000 rpm spinner it's only nine kilograms though so mm. it's not a crazy powerful thing it could do damage to exposed wheels i yeah. mean we could see that come into play it did compete in old robot wars and has mm -hmm. the distinction of never winning an official match in, uh, in a televised robot wars it could be the night it could if, if it gets through the first round that's its first win on Robot Wars television. That's cool. It's always had the same sort of design, but it was different throughout its few incarnations. We've mm. seen it before in Robot Wars. Let's face it, they're not really here to win. They're here to have a bit of a laugh and see yeah. what they can do with this interesting looking machine. It's something cool, something you can get behind. We don't really have many other robots that have gone down the anthropomorphic route this time. Oh, the, anthropomorphic. The animal... The animal looking robots in this um are you saying they I... personalized it or personified it neither they animalified <laughs> it if that's even a word just a quick word about john the captain uh former head of greenpeace yeah I, it's not applicable but it's just really nice it's nice isn't he it? seems like a top bloke already so yeah but i'm um, i have a feeling terra turtle might get smashed up really bad especially the fiberglass but it's going to be so popular everywhere. with the fans and it just oh it'll be a good laugh it'll be great fun and it'll be fun to see terra turtle or sweeney todd make it past the first round if one of them does you know have that underdog thing going for them and see how they're doing one-on-ones you never know what might happen it's true it's true but hey that's our robots this time around okay so pick a favorite well as usual i'll do my usual and pick 
two to end it on. So the two finalists for this, I'm agreeing with at ukulele Chris mm-hmm. when uh, I predicted the same thing, but long before he tweeted us, I'm not just copying him. Uh, <laughs> I predicted Storm 2 versus Apollo, but I am prepared to be wrong. I think that a lot of the robots, pretty much other than Sweeney Todd and Terror Turtle, I think any of them could make the final two. Mm. I'm going to say Storm 2 takes it, but I could be, I could easily be wrong. Yeah. Again, I feel like that's, I say that all the time, but I think this time in particular, I'm not even a hundred percent sure on my predictions of the two finalists, mm. let alone the winner. But I'm going to go with Storm 2 in the end. Fair, fair. I am, I am back in can opener. That's, that's a fair, that's a fair I'm choice. I'm feeling crushed and 60 miles per hour. It's not like it's going to be slugging around. Plus, it can run upside down. I'd like to see a crusher in the uh, in the yeah. final, actually. I, I think that would be... I'd be very happy with that. There's not a lot of weaknesses to that. Yeah. You know? Any any other prediction for the final? You'd like to say final well, two? I'd also like to see Apollo go through um, okay. because it's a top team. Nice guys. And Good it's fun. a great bot. So okay. I'd like to see them get to the final as well. Excellent. Well, you know what it's time for? It's time to watch Robot Wars. And we're back. Wow. 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 Man, that might have been the most entertaining episode yet. Wow. Um, Yeah, I liked that a lot. But let's not get ahead of ourselves as we tend to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's reel it in and then we'll get to the wow later. Yep, exactly. All the wowing and... Yeah. Wow's. We go wow again. There's plenty of wow going on in this episode. Yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. Speechless. I, I literally, uh, we're just going to have to start at the beginning because I don't, otherwise, I don't know where to start. So well, lucky, to... lucky the show has a beginning. Exactly. <laughs> we can use that. <laughs> so we get the typical intro, uh, you know, Dara and Angela are talking us through. We get an introduction to the rules. We get the, uh, quick look at the pit, which looks really vibrant and alive and hustle, does, bustle of activity it? and, neon lighting it looks so cool it does look cool and if you noticed in the um opening segment there was a split second maybe half a second where we get our traditional robot wars hammer striking metal for no apparent reason oh yeah and i mean blink and you miss it but it was there and i'm pretty sure it was a sledgehammer that's awesome mind you random hammering does make a reappearance later in the episode right this is a random hammering episode for an episode with no robots with a hammer or axe this has a lot of hammering. Yeah, there is a couple of like random tropes and re you know memes from the world of robot wars that make appearances we say tropes there, and memes we've made these up completely okay. and stuff <laughs> our tropes and our memes make you know appearances in this episode we get to meet team apollo who do jazz hands because i think they were they were going to make the apollo pose a thing where you put your arms above your head oh yeah yeah, yeah. like through do you know a I mean? sort of effect and, yeah. and uh, like a rocket as well yeah but it just became jazz hands really thanks to dara <laughs> that's it they're the jazz yeah. hand team they, now. they can they can do any other pose they want but jazz hands is their thing they now. should just name their robot jazz now yeah yeah but um one thing i noticed about this is so originally mm. like the write-up on it claims they can launch a hundred kilograms six feet into the air yeah but when they talk here, they say around fifty kilograms, six to seven feet in the air. Oh, do you think maybe they were maybe they were lacking a little bit of confidence in how their flipper was going to work? Yeah, maybe they were like, mm, "It's not going where the way we want it." 
we'll be a bit conservative about what we say this robot's capable of. They didn't really need to be conservative about it. Though. No, they really but, uh, didn't. <laughs> but who else do we get a look at? We get to see uh, Team Sweeney Todd, and we can confirm there are two angle grinders on there. They've yeah, got two discs. Two discs, one on each side. Yeah. Pretty clever move when you've got something that's got a lot of control elements going to it. Exactly. Shame it's so small. Tiny, tiny. And we get to see can opener. The dad of the team is very confident. Yeah, very He's good. ready. He's he's in the zone, which is nice. And we get to see PP3D, who explained their 18k RPM disc. It's a nice. very strong disc. It's a very strong very disc. Very strong yeah. disc. And that leads us right into the first battle. Battling it out in the first group are Apollo, can opener, PP3D, and Sweeney Todd. Got to mention the can opener pose. The can opener thing. So you got to do like a crushing action with your hands. That's the thing. They're doing the pincer action with the hands. But to me, it looked like they were doing 1940s wrestler pose where they get down on their knees, put their arms up and stay still whilst they pose for a photograph (laughs) in little underwear. Like posing for like a baseball card kind of pose where you just, you know. Yeah, just just, like fighting stance, but kind of awkward. (laughs) I knew what they were going for, but that's where my mind went when I first saw them going for the move. I was like, what what are they doing? That's fair. Oh. Oh, man. We get to see that. We get to see the Apollo thing with the posing above the hands and their the, entertainers. Their entertainers, exactly. Housebot circular lot. Housebot circular lot. Good Which old circular lot. Nice. Oh yeah. So three, two, one, activate, and then pretty much all hell breaks loose. This is the the usual case of these four way matches. They're they're pretty hard to call, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, it's easier to focus on one thing. For instance, in this match, the floor flipper, which seemed to be the fifth competitor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just yeah. Launching them in the air. Apollo does a lot of launching as well. Launches can open around like they're nothing. Um, I know it's PP3D don't seem to get their spinner going well throughout most of this, uh, most of this matchup. Yeah. Um, but that does, it does come into play a little bit later on. Can opener get a hell of a grip on PP3D. Like they just, they have a hold of them. Yeah. Well, I, was ex- I was expecting them. them to just crumple, but I think it got to a point. I think it's because PP3D are quite. Like no matter where you grab it from, it's quite slim. It's got an awkward, awkward so T shape. You can't yeah. get yeah. the pushing power really going on it with the crushers. Yeah. But it was awesome to see them have a grip on PP3D and then both of them get flipped up at the same time. Yeah. PP3D in can opener's grasp, both flipping through the air, spinning around. Mm. A great visual and makes for a great uh, slow motion replay as well. Definitely, definitely. I. Definitely overheard one of the drivers say that they were sliding everywhere, furthering my conspiracy theories about the slippery floor. It's not a conspiracy theory, it's just a slippery floor. If you don't have the wheels for it, you're gonna slip and slide wherever you go. <laughs> this is what it is, it's like going onto a ice skating rink without, you know, the skates. You're just gonna slide everywhere. Yeah, you that's, fall that's, over fair. that's a good point, yeah. yeah. That's it, the that's end. Right. Settled. Uh, Sweeney Todd, we don't really get to see much of their manoeuvrability. They yeah. seem to spend most of the Did the discs fight... get broken off quite quickly? At least or... one of them does. Yeah. I saw one of them just go onto the floor, didn't really yeah. do any damage. And at that point onwards, they don't seem to be moving. It's mentioned that they're alive, but I'm guessing maybe that's because one of the, the other spinner may be going, but they're not moving. Yeah, Apollo's dominant with their flipping. They're just going around flipping yeah, everything. Yeah, they, they pretty much establish. And PP3D kind of hangs in the background as much as possible. But ultimately, it's two bots down and two bots still standing. 
is kind of how it ends, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Apollo gets a huge flip-off on Can Opener, which immobilizes Can Opener slightly. A shame to see Can Opener go out so soon. I yeah, felt like it I had been... high expectations of Can Opener. We're not yeah. really seeing much from the Crushers uh, this whole series, to it's be It's such a flipper series, isn't it? Flipper and discs. Flipper and discs. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I think... Canopa probably would have had the strength to maybe do a little more in the one-on-ones, but they couldn't keep up with the the four-way matches. You know, the problem being is when they did have a grip, Apollo came in and just flipped both the robots at the same time. Exactly. So basically, you couldn't rest around Apollo. Apollo's mm. just constantly going around causing sweet mayhem. Okay, so PP3D and Apollo, who was great. Yeah, Apollo was the ones great. to go PP3D through. PP3D did get damage off on Apollo. They managed. They took off Apollo's ah, wheel. Ah, yeah. Didn't Apollo like get an axle bend or something? There's something went with their so, wheel. Yeah. You see that on the replay. Um, this is a testament to the good design of PP3D having that disc so low to the floor mm-hmm. that it gets underneath Apollo and takes the wheel straight off. But doesn't just take the wheel off. It, yeah, it bends everything around it because it's pretty major damage uh, for a robot in that wins to be honest for doing that was doing so well yeah and they are in trouble they may they may even not be able to compete later on is, is essentially what they're saying if mm. they can't replace that wheel they can't win they can't do anything they'd have to forfeit so um whereas pp3d are kind of okay yeah they're all okay they i guess they were kind of wise maybe they saw the fact that sweeney todd and um can opener were going were, were going to be the ones going out yeah and thought well there's no point in putting myself in any risky positions here let that happen now that it's happened and get through the fight without any damage exactly so well done apollo and pp3d yep and we get some more backstage we get to be introduced to terra turtle who's just lovely yeah i noted that Lovely's not the word i describe terror is terror it is the stuff of nightmares great team though they just seemed really nice again i think they're aware of the fact that they're probably not going to be going through a dominating victory here no but there's some sort of like old school magic to terror turtle it feels like an earlier series bot it is an earlier series bot it kind of stepped out of time didn't it yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's gone through a bit of a time machine here but it's fun to see it's it's nice it's colorful it's it's nice Mm -hmm. to nice to look at um storm 2 essentially talking about their experience really. they talk about their price tag as well yep it's an old bot that's been upgraded a lot that costs a lot of money that's got a hell of a lot of mm-hmm. tech behind it they a estimate hell of a lot of tech they estimate 20k they had to rebuild it today <sighs> it would cost them 20k it's a lot of money wowzers and, um, but it works well it works for i mean it's not a machine that gets damaged easily no which is clever because if you have a 20k machine you don't want to have Parts needing replacing. Not particularly, no. Uh, we get to see Sabretooth, and now they reveal a little secret. Yeah, unfortunately, they're not working properly, and they won't be able to self-write because not all their weapons are actually working properly, oh, meaning they're just... reliant on their drum, which is a bit of a shame, really, because I think if they were able to self-write and able to keep going, they could have gone far in the competition. Mm. But you're talking about a flipper-oriented episode and a robot that can't get back up and isn't invertible so once it's over it's over exactly what about eruption what is there to say about eruption you know the father-son team that are going for it really built a solid bot built a solid it's a nice bot. bot yeah it's a nice bot it's a great bot a very very powerful bot. yeah which brings us to our next uh 
four-way. Hoping to join them by winning in the next group battle are Eruption, Sabretooth, Storm 2 and Terror Turtle. With the house bot of Matilda. Hey, Matilda. <laughs> Always good to see Matilda. It starts off with a lot of nudging around. It's a, it's a slower start than the last match. Yeah. Turtle tries to take a, a step back and let its cluster bot do the work. Get work done. I say yeah, that it's yeah. more moving like a turtle. It doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. Slow Very and slowly steady. Yeah. plodding its way around. Whereas the cluster bot's like flying in all directions and going crazy, you know. Oh yes, it's going <laughs> riding up Storm yeah. 2. It just seems to be climbing over the bots and off the other side and then it's off in the distance again. Defeating the purpose of it because the whole point of the cluster bot was to get under them. Yeah, <laughs> to get stuck into the wheels and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But I mean... Eventually, Storm sort of pick up on Turtle and start just pushing them towards the fire. Which, as we always talked about, Storm 2, Pusher. Storm 2. That's what they do. Pusher. And Terra Turtle has a wooden frame. So Straight to the fire pit. (laughs) Strategy right there. That's tactics. Exactly. Um, Eruption, flip Sabretooth. There's not much more to say about Sabretooth in the fire. Oh man, Sabretooth got fatalities. Yeah, they just go straight over. Right on their back. They can't do anything from there. A shame. Wouldn't yeah. be nice to see them at oh, least get definitely. some damage off, yeah. but they didn't really do much. Let's talk about what happened to Terra Turtle at the end. Terra Turtle? I didn't know wow. turtles had wings. Well, they... <laughs> <laughs> with all the grace and charm of a someone chucking a tyre in the air, <laughs> 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 it, sort of... it just gets launched. Was it Eruption launching it? Of course it was a, of course it was eruption <laughs> launching it. Well, it wasn't going to be the pusher. Yeah, it's boring eruption. Yeah, eruption just sent turtle flying over the barricade. Yeah, uh, spectacular. It's always nice to see a um out of arena flip because it's always a spectacle, especially when a bot that big. Because oh, Terra Turtle was not a tiny bot. No, but it was lighter than others because it had the cluster bot. Ah, and the frame was quite yeah, exactly. I'm actually surprised. Frame. I'll give Terra Turtle credit. I was expecting the wooden frame, the fiberglass turtle, essentially, and the rest of the thin armour to crumble. But they they stay in decent shape. They, they just together. can't really do anything. So Even when they out. flew out and hit the concrete on the outside, they didn't shatter. It didn't shatter. Nothing, so, nothing, you went, know. <laughs> nothing went horribly wrong for Terra Turtle. No. It's the best they could have hoped for, I think. Exactly. But I'm believing Eruption's claims now that this is one of the most powerful flippers yeah, around. I that, can see it. They proved it right there, yeah. That was incredible. So backstage, and Eruption is fine. No damage. Storm 2, they seem in pretty good nick. So all in all, the winners have come out pretty much unscathed. Yeah, they've done really, really well. Yeah. Good to see Apollo in their little testing area, and they they seem to be working okay. Mm. They're quite quite pleased that they've managed to get this machine up and running fully again, despite losing a wheel before. But the problem is, the entire backstage pit now know where the weakness is it's all in the drive and the yeah. wheels it's not looking not looking good if if you can get to those wheels which luckily are underneath the bot so it's not exposed wheels yeah but if you can get to them it's going to be an easy win oh, I, the, i'd expect the boy band of robot wars are nervous they Boy they band. <laughs> they, they, gave, they said that about two or three over the course of the episode. Yeah, quite a few times. The boy band. The boy band. Of Robot Wars. Of Robot Wars. So we're, we've got a Christmas hit single for definite now. Um, I'm thinking some sort of love, love song directed at Matilda. Yeah, that'll do. Have you heard the Sir Killalot um, song? Sir Killalot had a song. 
Okay, we'll get, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll maybe splice some of that into the next uh, next step. Yeah, this takes us straight to the next match: uh, Apollo versus PP3D. Get our mini docs. Yeah, they're lovely. It's just nice to see them. I mean, Apollo's mini doc didn't really see them in their own sort of atmosphere. Really, a lot of it seemed to be spliced together from just shots of them hanging out already at the show. Yeah, but they just—it seemed to be nice. Going good team focus. They're they nice, didn't seem nice bunch of guys or anything, yeah. despite having a very, very strong flipping robot. Exactly. Pretty similar with PP3D. Quite standard. It's like, yeah. Well, at least we, we saw them in the garage with the garage door open. That's like the traditional shot now, isn't it? They're in the garage, garage door's open, slow motion. One of them's holding a weapon over their shoulder. Oh, yeah, then. Someone's holding then, a welding utensil. Yeah, two of them are like working, whilst the other one's half working and slowly turns to yeah. look at the camera and faces Was it. he like, was <laughs> he blowing the smoke off what appeared to be maybe like a dry ice dispenser or something? <laughs> it like that, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That was more pretty badass. like that. The more, yeah. more ridiculous those things get. I like those. The more fun it yeah. is. Yeah. Shunt's back. Shunt is back. Okay, so Shunt wasn't dead, must have been just on vacation. And who else was it for this battle? Was it Shunt and... I only saw Shunt. I think after that I blacked out. It was either like Sakura or Matilda. Oh. oh, well, to the match. Never Apollo mind. PP3D. Yeah, so Apollo is driving aggressive. They just charge right in, which was their plan. You know, they knew they had to get straight in there well, yeah, it's, and it's, do as much damage as possible before... Always, always forward-facing yeah. as well, meaning... They're trying to make sure PP3D can't get a full speed on on their um, spinning disc. And also, by facing forward, PP3D aren't going to get under the wheels from the back. To exploit that weakness, yeah. It's basically that until Apollo get one big flip on PP3D and the landing alone causes PP3D's wheel, or the tyre, essentially, which is Mm. the wheel, really, because the rest of the wheel work doesn't touch the ground and the tyre does in this case, just flies off effectively incapacitated and that's kind of the match well there's one more flip after that but after pp3d mm. are spinning on the spot for a little while there's a bit of a torture flip basically afterwards one isn't big yeah. flip uh, yeah. you can actually see the link come out and the link being oh uh, um, yeah yeah it's a, a link's essentially a kill switch on the like um, power supply for it mm. so once that comes out there's no power to the robot so you that's it yeah. it's, it's immobilized you see that come out quite clearly as well a good um, camera angle on that that's PP3D out uh, in two big flips. Um, well played by Apollo. They knew what PP3D were capable of mm-hmm. in the last match. They knew what to avoid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they expected to win it with two flips, but I'm pretty sure they're happy with that. They're starting to look like a monster bot, really. Oh, yeah. It's, it's starting to come through now. Backstage, and they're doing something cool. They're using a heat camera yeah, to yeah. highlight where, like, the bots like overclocking in places and stuff like Making that. Sure things aren't getting too hot. Yeah, see if there cool. any fr- is there, if there's any friction going on in there from any venting up. It's so Very cool clever. because it's like the readout someone out on a tablet. So it's like it looks awesome. You can pretty much just wave it at something and see where the heat's being picked up. It's Very clever. Very yeah. clever. Very cool to watch, and it would be great to see more in the future. Yeah, but no real damage to Apollo at all. No, no, they're fine and they're confident their weakness never got exploited in the end so nope yeah plus three points to apollo boom and then next we get storm two and eruption we get the mini docs storm two they confess they're not engineers and i like when teams say that because it does show that anyone can do this yeah you just you need to learn a few things of course yeah but you don't have to be you don't have to have a doctorate in engineering or something crazy you don't like need that. that anymore because thanks to 
anything you need, any part or tool you need, you can order online. And anything you need to learn will have a YouTube tutorial about it. So whereas before, maybe you did actually need connections. You needed to know somebody who sold these things and all these parts. And you needed to go through books and books to try and find what you need and what you want. Now, forget about it. The internet has changed the game. So now even non-engineers like the Storm 2 guys can build an awesome bot. Yeah, and they have been for many years and have a very, very solid robot going for them. The Eruption mini dock, pretty standard. Basically just dad and son got yeah. together. Let's build a robot and see what happens. And they built something pretty damn good, to be honest. So Exactly. This is the difference about this new series, really, isn't it? We're seeing a different era in technology. Yeah. Getting used to design robots of unimaginable destruction. And it's nice to see so many like normal members of the public getting involved. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so often in the early in like the first series especially, a lot I mean some of them were GCSE students. And their teacher who does it for a living. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like yeah, that. Or okay, it was, yeah. and their engineers who build machines. <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, yeah, of course they are. Now it's just anyone. I think like, I think like some members of one of these teams are jewelers. You know, it's anyone's game now. It's great. It's good fun. So getting into the battle, it's immediately clear that Storm 2 are the stronger robot. They push eruption around like they're nothing. And yeah. eruption for the life of them, cannot get under Storm 2. Storm 2's ground clearance and the um, flipper, lifter weapon that they're using. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one it is, the flipper or the lifter, but the weapon that they're using makes sure that every part of the robot is very close to the ground and yeah. Eruption just can't get under them. No, no. It's a big pushing match and obviously Storm 2 is going to win a pushing match, generally speaking. So a lot of it, a lot of the first couple of minutes of the match are heavily in Storm 2's flavor. Flavor? Flavor, flav. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eruption is not getting under them, but Eruption's desperately trying again and again. They're attacking and attacking and attacking. And it's a shame because it's not until the last minute, 30 seconds of the match, that they finally get underneath. And they then they start... Finally get... They start really laying them out. Yeah, they finally start getting underneath. They get big flips off on Storm 2. And these flips, Storm 2 is rotating in the air. Yeah. Countless amount. Well, I said countless, probably like seven or eight, but a lot of times before it hits the ground. Storm 2 then pushes Eruption into a corner, pushes and pushes and pushes, and then just stops. Eruption, like, walks over them. Yeah. Looks around, gives them a few flips, but Storm 2 is not moving. Storm 2 looks immobilized once we reach the end of the battle time. But that would have had to have been a result of one of Eruption's flips. Or attempts. Or anything. But either way, it goes to the judges. It's close. It's two to one. It's not a unanimous decision. Mm -hmm. Storm two win? Even though they've been immobilized. Sh and it, it ended with two flips from eruption. Should it have gone to the judges? Really should have ceased at that point. They should have identified that Storm two was incapacitated and stopped the match. Yeah, it should Even have. if there was one second left on the clock. I guess... Um... So I know the way they used to do it is if you're incapacitated for a certain number of seconds, so it might be a case if you have to be incapacitated for 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, in case you got running again and then... Yeah, because yeah. it happens. But if after the match it became clear that Storm 2 were immobilised, the judge should have looked at that and said, well, if they were immobilised, then if the match just went on for five more seconds... Exactly. And it, would have been, it would have been the end of the match anyway. So. And arguably it was Eruption that immobilised Storm 2, so... 
Yes, that's victory by fatality, really. By knockout. Yeah. It seems, it feels like a knockout victory, Mm. but Storm 2 get the win because of their dominance in the first two minutes. Yep. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Ultimately, that is exactly the way it goes. So Storm 2 pick up the points, which leads us to the next match, Storm 2 versus Apollo. Yep. So Storm 2 have got a pretty similar match ahead of them. They know that. They're sticking with their same setup, which is smart of them. Apollo, I've said they were basically at around 25 to 50% power last fight due to a mixture of problems and it being cold. So now we get to see them at 100% efficiency. Even if it's 75% efficiency we see them at now, it's more than what it was before. Definitely. And if that's how they were with damage, injuries, so to speak, and in not ideal conditions, mm-hmm. think of them at 100%. There's a lot of potential in Apollo. Exactly. So let's go to the match. Storm 2 versus Apollo with Matilda and Dead Metal. So it starts out similar to the last battle with a bit of pushing, but much, much, much sooner into the match, Apollo get a flip on Storm 2. So obviously they're able to get their flipper under Storm 2 much easier than Eruption could. Mm-hmm. They flip them and Storm 2 land on the fl- floor flipper. It's almost like a game of catch because then the floor flipper immediately <laughs> launches Storm 2 in the air. So Storm 2 take two massive hits from, well, you know, the force of gravity, the- essentially. Exactly. But pretty good. So lots of flips by Apollo on Storm 2 until um, Apollo uh, lose a chain. Apollo lose a chain and there's a bit of a moment of gasp like is that it it's it all over so they they're not controlling as well it's it's noticeable yeah. they they can't seem to sort of aim their robot very well now exactly. they can't get the turning quite right and worst of all this has happened and they've sort of ended up wandering into a corner they say it was on purpose i think it was a bit by accident thanks to their control and their drive not working quite the way it wanted to they kind of ended up veering into dead metals cpz yeah but upon, but they take it on the chin. Dead metal take it on the chin. Dead metal kind of kills itself in a sense by pretty much driving straight into Apollo's flipper, and they can finally show off the power of this thing because dead metal, as we take a note, is massive this year. I've forgotten the exact weight, but like three to four times the weight. So let's let's else. paint the scene because we're glossing over what might be the most exciting moment in the episode. Oh yeah, they're cornered by a house spot. They've got nowhere to go. One, their chain's broken, so they've got limited control. What do you do when you're cornered by dead metal in his house and all you've got left is your awesomely powerful flipper? Just go for it. Just see what happens. You may as well. What's the worst that can happen? And then they ended up turning the house bot upside down. Not just, not just f- upside down, with air, with plenty of flight involved. One smooth flip on dead metal. Oh man, it was so heavy. And at that no point, struggling. It, was, it didn't oh. even damage Apollo to do it with that doing it on that amount of weight. It didn't hurt him at all. Incredible. Matilda is distraught. Immediately comes flying out of her own corner patrol zone straight into dead metal yeah. to try. And starts and- to try and like maybe change the circumstances. Maybe help dead metal. Maybe even gunning for Apollo. Mm. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Especially doesn't matter because Apollo just runs into Matilda and launches her as well. Just these house robots are so big and so heavy. 
two house robots in this match. Both have been immobilized. Oh, so cool. It's awesome. That was like the most exciting moment ever. It's like the entire pace of the episode changed. Especially considering how the house robots this season so far have been nothing but destructive. Mm. They haven't seemed vulnerable at any point. So it makes Apollo seem hella strong to take them out. Because it's not like everyone's getting a good hit in on the house robots. Everyone who tries to face the house robots at the moment gets their ass handed to them. It tends to be some sparks fly, but the house robots themselves do not budge. Nope. And they do not walk away with scratches. But Apollo takes out two. Literally. I just, I can't believe it. Incapacitated two house bots. I've never seen the audience get out of their chairs so quick as when Dead Metal went over. Oh, huge pop. Huge pop. Um, Everyone went nuts. Crazy. The thing is, that's an exciting part of the match, but the match is still exciting even without the house robots in it. Exactly. Storm 2 are like, right, we've got to try and pit Apollo. We can't go against that flipper. They get the pit going down, and, and, and they d- try and push them in, and Apollo's chain is still broken, so it's kind of like losing well, it's control kind of wobbling a bit. about all yeah. over the place. And somehow, I don't know how, but somehow Apollo kind of dodge being pushed into the pit by Storm 2. Literally cliffhanger. It was so close, and, and then, then just managed to just avoid falling in. Apollo's flipper is broken. It's stuck open. I'm yeah. guessing they're either out of gas or it's just stuck open. So now they have no weapon and they can't drive properly. And Storm 2 are probably thinking, easy win now. We'll, we missed once. We'll push him into the pit again. They try and push him into the pit. And again, Apollo somehow, they just sort of go over Storm 2. And Storm 2 almost pit themselves. The timer runs out. Judge's decision. Wow. (laughs) I mean, they talk about how, especially Sharky mentions how awesome it was, but there's no points scored from flipping a house spot. And obviously that's fair because there shouldn't be points involved with attacking a house spot. Otherwise things would go for the house spots a bit much and it'd be stupid. But that had to go into consideration as part of the performance. Surely. I think the way things went, Apollo did all the damage, really, by constantly flipping Storm 2 over Mm -hmm. and over again. Storm 2 kind of played it maybe a little too safe. And then Storm 2's attempts at aggression, that is pitting. Mm. um, Failed. Yeah, failed twice um, in dramatic fashion. So Apollo pick up the judges' victory and get their two points fantastic fantastic match to watch (laughs) so that was like the all-star match maybe early runner for match of the series here could be that is definitely a it's a memorable match some matches are memorable some aren't sometimes just robots are memorable and you just have sort of highlights in your head that was memorable as a match The, the the exactly the narrative of the match the series of incidences everything going against apollo they, you know, they're a flipping bot against a pushing robot with low ground clearance that's also invertible, so it works upside down anyway. That very rarely breaks down. <laughs> they're, exactly. They're a, but they were like a cornered animal, and then like, their these drive big stops bots working. were trying to kill it, and it was just like, "I'll take you all on." <laughs> yeah, their, their drive stops working p- yeah. properly. They end up 
next to house robots and they still somehow get through and then the pits opens and a pushing and like the premier pushing robot starts pushing towards the pit and still somehow they survive <laughs> it's a a battle that's centered around that's the survival of apollo a and true warrior bot that was truly awesome. does it yeah. incredible stuff okay so that leads us on to the next match before we gush any more about how awesome that match was on to the next match and it's eruption versus pp3d PP3D. <laughs> PP. Um, 3D. Not as funny as PP. Uh, spinning <laughs> disc is awesome, PP3D. That is pretty much the opening. Yeah. You get the crazy spinning disc moment where uh, Eruption has something shattered off it. I think a side panel or... A- I mean, they get about three or four huge hits. And we said before, um, PP3D is capable at full spin of launching a robot, a hundred kilogram robot, about 30 meters away from it mm. on a, on a full, big, fully charged hit. Yeah. And we see that a few times here. It actually yeah. looks like eruption can't even do anything against this because no, no. you, you can't get under it to flip because the flipper, not sorry, the, um, the spinning disc is under the robot. Exactly. It's so low. The low ground clearance on the disc is what's stopping it all from happening. So you go to go underneath it and the spinning disc catches the flipper or whatever it happens to be against the wedge or whatever. And immediately both robots are launched in opposite directions anyway. In fact, they clash and both bots are indeed launched in opposite directions and both lose a wheel. Yeah, they both lose the use of a wheel at least. I don't think any wheels came off, but yeah, they lose a wheel in the sense that both are now running on one wheel and unfortunately they're also both a good five to ten meters away from each other meaning all they can each do is spin on the spot and just have a little bit of a dance off because just i don't know all of a sudden they were just like staring at each other but incapable of actually attacking each other they should have like some bgs or something like ready and set up yeah so when this happens they just start playing it and disco and they just have to going. spin and then and then just... the house robots spin on the spot as well and it's just... then it just becomes a dance off it becomes and... that the judges start judging based on the dance moves oh maybe man. that's a little over the top but no i, I buy it, it, goes, be it cool. suddenly just goes disco oh man yeah it goes to the judge and obviously pp3d picks up the, the win. damage caused was caused exactly. by pp3d but... and it showed the potential of that spinner hugely yeah. But it was an oh dear, oh dear match, wasn't it? Both of them suffering from the same problem. Both of them had a motor burnt out. Yeah. So uh, PP3D actually get a loan motor. They get gifted one from a fellow competitor, which is fine. Which is nice. Very good. Yeah. And in fact, that leads us to uh, Judge Lucy talking about how nice the community is. And Dara talking about how they all help each other. And there's a lot of backstage support and camaraderie about everything, which is awesome. I really like how the show is now recognizing that you yeah, know it's a nice little community and she mentioned yeah you know, she talks about the internet community as well which i've dubbed the um irc the internet robotics community yeah oh, why not irc <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you see what i've done <laughs> that there. was really cool actually yeah and then yeah. um this is also when we get our other hammer moment of the night oh yeah it dara's trying to hold an interview with a judge background someone's hammering a bot <laughs> is the first thing you did dara's like can you not (laughs) now Uh, when the big man asks you to stop hammering stuff you kind of stop hammering (laughs) stuff yeah 
Uh, Lucy uh, name drops Raspberry Pi boards as well and stuff like that. And yeah, she's she's really encouraging like kids to get involved with building bots and, and programming and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, which is really really good and will hopefully benefit hugely in series to come when a lot more younger people will be building bots and looking to get involved. Yeah, we start getting even more second and third generation superstars in Robot Wars. Exactly. And can you imagine what the like indie circuit's going to start looking like? <laughs> people are going to be coming out of all corners to build bots and take on people. It's going to be yeah, awesome. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And we've got Apollo versus Eruption. Yeah, a flipper battle. These are always interesting. Let's try that again. Well, actually, no, let's keep going. Yeah. Okay, so they uh, start like basically they start by just sort of feeling each other out. There's a bit of a clinch up, uh, a lot of dancing around each other. They're almost trying to tempt each other to go for the first flip. Yeah. Um, Apollo always has to be careful because they're limited CO2 as well. Mm-hmm. So they can't, they always try and time their flips right. Yeah. So eruptions start getting off the flips early, which is no surprise because they've got a more, not reliable, but sustainable CO2 supply. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that really start getting flipping early on. So eventually eruption actually gets a decent flip on Apollo. A really decent one. In fact, launches him into the house robots. For a bit there, I thought there was going to be some serious, like, you know, revenge going on. Yeah, exactly. Apollo are... Kind of struggling to move a little bit. You can see where their drive problems come. Yeah, in. and the, and the flipper is whilst hugely powerful, it's a little bit unreliable in the sense that it does actually get stuck. It gets stuck open again. It's the yeah. second time it's happened. But um, eruption are basically the, the clear winner yeah. throughout this. To so a big old round of applause as well, because because yeah, they were coming against you know they were they were fighting against the big dog. So it was and based on points. It was impossible for Eruption to go through, even if they won. And Apollo was already in the final with their points yeah. at five anyway. They were only so, fighting for pride, but they yeah. won and it was cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's good yeah. to see Eruption get a win because I think every robot in the final four deserved a win. Yeah, They definitely. were all good enough here, so it's nice to see it happen. And that takes us. So now we're on to the deciding match for the second competitor in the final match. Apollo's definitely going through. We're now looking at either Storm 2 or PP3D. Storm 2 is straight on the aggression. They're looking to push around PP3D and not allow their spinner to get up to full potential. So staying right on them. It doesn't take long for PP3D to kind of take a little bit of damage. The problem is every time Storm 2 hits them, PP3D spinner forces PP3D into the air. Mm. And every time they land, the spinner's hitting the ground hard. And it's slowly bending up, crumpling up a little bit. Is this where it starts to make a funny noise as it spins? I'm thinking that is where part of it might be um, scraping on the ground as it spins. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but to me, that's what it sounds like. It's catching something, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Something's not right with the spinner. It's clearly that's what's going on. PB3D are mostly bouncing around and constantly hitting the floor. Storm 2, as a pushbot, is actually a very good... um, design of robot to go against this Mm. type of spinner because hard armor not something that can be smashed about very easily and pp3d's weapon essentially takes itself out by hitting storm 2 over and over again storm 2 not taking any of the damage and pp3d taking all of it storm 2 does get impaled on a spike temporarily 
very temporarily. It seemed like that spike stayed up for a long time. So I thought they were really just going to leave it there. Yeah. It did kind of sell for quite a while, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Other than that, the pit's open and it's the perfect timing to open the pit because PP3D happened to be standing on it. Yep. It was trapdoored. Yep. Was great. PP3D was struggling to move at this point from all their bouncing around and yeah, they're trapdoored. It's great. It's fun to see that happen. Uh, especially because once Storm 2 notice it, it's they're screaming. Because yeah. the after the match, he was like, I just sort of nudged him on shoulder and said, yeah, open the pit, mate. But <laughs> no, the reality in the match was he was going, open the pit, open the pit, he's on the pit. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Nailed it. It was the perfect arena timing. awareness though oh, as well. Like yeah, Storm exactly. 2, the whole basis of Storm 2 has been the experience, really. And that's why it's good to have decent teammates. Yep. Yeah, everybody's watching everything. It was cool. Yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, Storm 2 wins. And that leads us to our main event of the evening. As I predicted, again, this is the... Uh, yeah, good point. Another time I've managed to predict the final two, Storm 2 versus Apollo. I think, in terms of people reaching the final, I think I've pr- correctly predicted at least one reaching the final for each episode. All right, and Nostradamus. I've correct- and I've correctly <laughs> predicted at least two of the final um, battles as well. I don't know how I predicted that one because Apollo could quite easily have been Eruption, to be honest. That's true. They were very similar bots in a way. Yeah, very yeah. similar bots and very similar styles. Apollo have done very well considering the damage taken and the drive problems and the flipper sometimes not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apollo have done very well. But this journey has led us to this match. Oh, yes. So it's a bit of a slow start. Again, as always, the bots are feeling each other out, dancing around a bit, maybe gauging the other bot's speed and movement. Obviously, Apollo's got to be careful, got to be wary of its weak spots. And Storm 2 is looking for getting behind them and shoving them, avoiding the flipper, obviously. But as per, per tradition of Storm 2 versus Apollo matches, Apollo just goes into shunt and flips him over. Hey! Shunt got flipped. Shunt got flipped. Shunt got flipped. Shunt got flipped. That's a tough one, that is. But that means there's only one robot Apollo hasn't flipped now. One house robot. Wow, so he got three out of four. Yeah, the only one left is Sir Killalot. They need to book Apollo versus Sir Killalot just to see what (laughs) happens. To see what happens, yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The um, match progresses with massive flip and Storm 2 getting a little bit of air. A little bit of air. They go flying quite mm. a lot. Um, like Apollo literally putting Storm 2 into orbit a yeah. couple of times. Storm 2 goes for the pit release, which is clever of them. They know that that's, that's their key to victory. Exactly. Pushing bot, that is where they're going to get the win. Once Apollo get one big flip off on Storm 2, Storm 2 are then upside down. Mm. And when they're upside down, that means their their wedge, so to speak, is no longer... Their shape has changed. Yeah, their yeah. shape has changed. now an upside down wedge, and it's very easy to get under them. Exactly. Which is exactly what Apollo takes advantage of. Yep. Flips them onto the, into the side mm-hmm. of the wall, and then one other big flip gets Storm 2 right out of the arena. Apollo oh. seemed shocked that they've done it. I'm kind of surprised that they've done it, but they did it. That is one powerful flipper. It's a very Launcher, powerful really. 
Consider like yeah, like I said, considering the damage they've taken, considering the problems they've had, mm. they still won the heat because of how powerful that flipper is and how well they've managed to cope with a machine that's going so wrong in certain ways. Like exactly, because anything could have gone wrong. That flipper could have got stuck open, the wheel could have given way again. But instead they had a perfect match. It's brilliant. And Storm Two, they're out. They're out. They're out. They're out. They've now been decisively beaten on Robot Wars television. No one can say anything else. No, it was not just beaten, but really kind of put out of the arena. Once you're out of the arena, you're gone. Um, Great win by Apollo. Definitely the most entertaining team of this heat. Which is what they were going for. (laughs) Because what tends to happen with a lot of these at the moment is in this series, most of the more entertaining teams have the not as great robots let's be honest the robots that are probably never gonna get through that yeah far. i guess so yeah you've got your nuts for example and, yeah. and terror turtle great teams great people but they were never really gonna get to the final they weren't gonna become robot Wars no, world you, champion you always expect that practical bot with a very practical design and a very serious team to get through so it's nice to see this ridiculously over-the-top launcher with this really crazy team, Jazz Hands, to get through. They should rename themselves Team Jazz Hands. Team Jazz Hands. Well, I still... They want to make the Apollo thing work. It's Jazz Hands now. Do the Apollo thing with Jazz Hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know what that is, but it's... um... That's like... It's like you're reaching up to a top shelf and rummaging, using your fingers <laughs> yeah. to try and find something. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there where, we is go. Is it? where is it? Flicking through the top shelf of the library. Oh, there it is. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like them, and I really like their bot, and I think they're going to do exceedingly well in the final. Yeah, I like them as well. I think. God, it's going to be an interesting final so far, and um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of disappointed we've not got a crusher through to the final yet. Who in the, who's in the final so far? From memory, we've got Carbide. Oh, Carbide. So we've got a seriously dangerous uh, spinner. Yep, serious spinner. We've uh, got Apollo, of course. Yep. Big time flipper. TR2, another big time flipper. Big time flipper. A, a TR2 have the control behind them. They're very much the best controlled robot I think we've seen so far, with the exception of maybe Storm 2. Um... Apollo probably have the more powerful flipper out of the two. So that's they're two flippers, but they're quite different in their style. And then there was the winner of the second episode, which was, of course... Shockwave. Yeah, you're right, it was Shockwave. Thank you. Shockwave, which is... um, No, I suppose it, that is a pushbot, really, isn't it? It's a... Uh, yeah. So we've actually got quite a diverse lineup: Two flippers, a pushing lifter... Yeah. And a spinner. So ideally, next week, we want either... An overhead weapon, like an axe or a crusher. That'd be nice. Then it'd be really nice, diverse lineup. And then, of course, we'll have the wild card. Yeah, the wild card. We should probably start making some guesses. So far. Uh, but if you can't... go onto the Reddit under the uh, who do you think should come back for the wild card, you have four, 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 four. four. It's the clear choice. Yeah. Unless something major happens next week. Yeah. Um, I'm behind Thor for a wild card. Well, I mean, if you want to just go really, with a herd, it makes a really um diverse final lineup as well. If you get what I mean. What to have four in it? 
Well, yeah, because then we've got an axe in there in That's the final. True. Well, we won't, we don't have anything. We don't have any overhead kind of swinging weapons in in the final so far. So it would it'd be cool to see Thor in there. If I had my way, I would probably get Glitter Bomb back so we could see that kick-ass pink axe. But in terms of genuine danger and performance overall, yeah, it's, it's then it's going to probably going to go down to four, who was probably the biggest threat to the rest of the bots. In but that. then next week we could see something entirely different. But I mean, there's no, still, true. there's still eight more robots to compete. I was going to say six. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no, eight. I hope it's eight. Still eight more so robots we open to with come. Four v four. Don't we? Yeah. So, okay. So we've got eight more bots to come. So it could be anybody's game really, but it's going to do very well to top this episode. We had probably the best match we've seen yet with Apollo. Definitely the most entertaining. Yeah, definitely. And we also saw one of the more dull, maybe bottom three matches when oh. we saw just two robots dancing with busted wheels. It was entertaining in its own way. It's yeah. um, <laughs> it's a good thing these are cut, so we didn't see like the whole two minutes straight of them doing that. Of them just <laughs> twirling in circles because you can't cancel the match because you don't know they might actually one reach might, each other. Yeah, one of them might. St- Start having, yeah, their wheel work yeah. a little bit again, or they might reach They might each just other. edge towards each other, and then something might happen, but there you go. So how many Philippa Foresters are you going to give that out of five? Hmm. I'm going to give this episode four moon landings out of five. <laughs> That is, uh, that's quite a coincidence there, man. Oh, nice. So yeah, I gave that a sweet four Angela's out of five there as well. So brilliant. We literally we just called just... our scoring system, Philippa's yeah. moon landings and Angela's. Yeah. <laughs> we get this space of three seconds. Our scoring system makes no sense. It's out of five. That's it's, what matters. It's something out of five. It's something, it's something rating, out of five. Isn't exactly. It? So four out of five in general. That was a excellent episode. Very entertaining. The fans are going to be happy. We're happy. The competitors definitely are engaging in what is one of the best competitions known. Yep. My again, my only sort of grievance with this is seeing so many get eliminated so early. I kind of like the ruthlessness of it, but I mean, look at something like Sabretooth, and they they went because it was just an unfortunate case of them yeah. having their self-writing mechanism not working. I would have liked to have just heard more from them. Do you know what I mean? Just a bit more backstory, seen what they're about, got to enjoy their personalities, got to see more of the bot. Got to, yeah, you know. got to fit it into that hour time slot as well, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hopefully, maybe in the next series, they'll have a bigger time slot. I'd like mm, more than an hour. There's more than an hour of material, though. That's where YouTube comes into play. Yeah, you get the, yeah. I'd like if each of the robot documentaries had an extended director's cut. Extended director's cut put on YouTube release. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. That'd be awesome. Something going really in depth on YouTube would be really cool. Yeah, with each of the with each of the machines going into it, every single one. Yeah, because you could really do something cool with that. But hey. We've got two more episodes to go. Two more episodes. One regular and then the final. So I'm looking forward to it so far. Oh, that final is going to be lit up. 
there's just one problem after that mm. then it's over but that's fine with us because we've got like ridiculous so amount of old material. robot wars to we've watch got still all the old episodes to go through we've got endless amounts of material to review yep i think oh, I, I found something out that you would probably enjoy today that's um yeah. robot wars i think there was a there was one like extreme series that was done in, in the u.s hmm. and um guess who hosted it who guess who an american whose like destruction is is what he's about but not destruction of machines destruction of a body of people you could say he's hardcore you could say he's a hardcore legend you could say are you talking about mick foley i'm talking about mick foley mick foley mick foley hosted an american series of robot oh my god we are going to watch that we're going to binge watch that as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll watch it along with the World Bodybuilding Federation that we're totally going to watch from Vince McMahon. Yeah, that sounds creepy and sinister. <laughs> what are we talking about? Anyway. Oh, we're going off on one. Okay, so four out of five. Amazing episode. Everybody's happy. That was cool. Stick with us and listen out because we have an extra bonus episode coming out. We say a bonus episode. We're continuing on with the 1998 series. We have recorded... The Heat D Featherweight episode for 1998, and that will come out not too long after this episode. So after you hear this, keep an eye out for that or an ear out because it is a podcast. <laughs> if you wish to, if you wish to get hold of us, tweet us at Podcast Activate or email us at activatepodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes if you enjoy us. And if you listen to us on SoundCloud, like and follow us it's always nice to be appreciated it's quite cool we like it we like happy things so yeah we'll be seeing That that really did kind of fizzle out. <laughs> it did, didn't yeah. it? Sorry, I was checking my phone. I just got back and uh, <laughs> you're still talking. Nice. Above everything, we take compliments and funny animated gifts and money <laughs> and money. <laughs> yeah. We take and compliments, credit card details, compliments, gifts, and money. <laughs> Personal banking details. <laughs> oh. Oh.